We've been focused for decades on what's in our foods. But it turns out that if we stop there, we're going to be missing something big. Because while it's important to know what's in our foods, what's done to our food can have huge impacts on health. We're now beginning to understand how some types of food may make it easier to gain weight and harder to lose weight. These foods are often marketed as healthy despite mounting evidence suggesting a link with disease. And calorie for calorie, these foods are now the most commonly consumed foods in the U.S. In this episode, we'll talk about the science behind ultra-processed foods. processed foods are depends on who you ask. These are the types of food that didn't exist 150 years ago, or if they did, they're fundamentally different. For example, instead of whole grains, we have cereal with many of the beneficial components stripped out. And instead of whole fruits, we now have pear juice with added flavoring. Instead of real vegetables, we get whatever these are. Foods like these undergo industrial processing like refinement, dehydration, extraction, the addition of sugar, high fructose corn syrup, salt, oils, stabilizers, or hydrogenation that set them apart from naturally occurring foods. Ultra-processed foods were born out of both necessity and market demand. After two world wars through the 1960s and into the 90s, there was a shift towards convenience foods in the US, prepackaged items that could be consumed on the go. And to be fair, food processing technologies offered a lot of advantages. They made it easier to store and to ship food, and they extended out shelf life, making it less likely that food would go bad. But by the end of the 20th century, these products were so successful that they were essentially the norm. Today, over half the calories consumed in the US are from ultra-processed foods. Why are these foods everywhere? What makes them so hard to resist? Ultra-processed foods tend to be hyper-palatable, meaning that they provide an extremely high reward signal to the brain. Now, the fact that these foods are reinforcing isn't necessarily cause for concern in itself. What is concerning, however, is the mounting epidemiologic data suggesting a link between ultra-processed foods and higher risk of disease, including heart disease, diabetes, various types of cancer, and obesity. Now, I'll be the first to point out that we can't infer causality from correlation. And scientists until recently had been unable to study the effects of ultra-processed foods via direct human experimentation. That changed in 2019 when we got some of the first high-quality evidence that we have regarding ultra-processed foods and their effects on humans. In a highly controlled study, researchers at the NIH, led by Kevin Hall, provided 20 human subjects with either unprocessed foods or ultra-processed foods. The experiment was conducted over 28 days while the subjects lived in a metabolic ward or a hospital-like setting. The researchers wanted to know how these two types of food would impact body composition and metabolism. Now, what made this study so important is that the two diets were matched for macronutrient composition, meaning that the carb content, fats, protein, sugars, and sodium, and fiber content were all matched between the unprocessed and ultra-processed diets. 
The participants were offered three meals per day, plus snacks in between, and they were told that they could have as much food or as little food as they wanted. In what's called a crossover study design, half the participants spent the initial 14 days on the unprocessed diet, followed by 14 days on the ultra-processed diet. The other half of the participants had the reverse order. What the scientists discovered is that while participants were on the ultra-processed diet, they gained weight. But when they went on to the unprocessed diet, they actually lost weight. So where did that weight come from? Was it from water or fat or lean tissue? Using a technique called a DEXA scan that uses x-rays to measure body composition, the researchers found that participants gained fat mass on the ultra-processed diet and they lost body fat on the unprocessed diet. So how do we explain changes in body fat, gaining it on the ultra-processed diet, and losing body fat on the unprocessed diet? It turns out that while participants were on the ultra-processed diet, they also ate more food, about 500 kilocalories more per day, placing them into an energy surplus that led to weight gain. They also ate more quickly, which may have allowed them to ingest more energy before their satiety mechanisms suppressed their appetites. This occurred even though the diets were matched for macronutrient composition and the amount of calories that were presented in each meal. So what does all this mean for someone who's trying to be healthy or trying to lose weight? Well, in this study, the weight gain on the ultra-processed diet was sufficiently explained by taking in more calories. The energy balance model held true. So the first takeaway is that it's probably not a good idea to have a lot of highly processed foods in the household. Being exposed to ultra-processed foods seems to make people more likely to take in more calories, at least in the short term. The second takeaway is that since the weight gain in this study could be accounted for by behavioral changes or eating more, ultra-processed foods, or at least exposure to them, likely has some effect on the central nervous system. This idea is supported by animal data that shows that giving rodents sugar activates their brain reward pathways in the ventral tegmental area, leading to behavioral changes like binging, withdrawal, and cravings. Be sure to check out our video on the neuroscience of appetite regulation, link in the description. The third takeaway is that while this was an extremely important study, it was a short study. Metabolic ward studies are extremely expensive to run, so I hope that someone out there is able to secure funding for a longer follow-up study. Lastly, we talk specifically about weight gain, but ultra-processed foods may have some broader physiological consequences. We'll be talking more about those in future episodes, so please be sure to subscribe. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to support this channel, the very best way to do that is to hit the like button, share these videos with your friends, hit the subscribe button, and please head over to nicksterling.com where you can find the sign up for the newsletter. Please also check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or Spotify, all with the handle SterlingMDPhD. Thank you so much again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for general information purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine or any other healthcare professional services. The content of this podcast is not medical advice and should not be interpreted as medical advice. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. We should not attempt to implement any of the topics or concepts discussed on this podcast without the direct approval and supervision of your own physician. This podcast should not take precedence over the information provided to you by your healthcare provider or official public health sources. Listeners should not delay obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have. 
the use or non-use of the information provided in this podcast, or any associated or linked materials is exclusively at the user's own risk. Please visit nicksterling.com for relevant disclosures and full terms of use. 